Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. And Roberts, with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will air next week on the station at the usual time. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are back with us for another look at this weekend. We're old enough to remember this. There was a program that premiered on November 8, 1979, and it was called The Iran Crisis America Held Hostage. With Ted Koppel. With Ted Koppel. This show would later be Nightline. Nightline. And again, you you talk about counter-programming. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't planned as such, but at a time when Johnny Carson pretty much ruled the roost yes. in, in, in late night and there had been attempts to do other late night talk shows, late night programming. None really took off. This took off accidentally. It wasn't planned as an ongoing series. It was an extension of ABC News mm-hmm. commenting on a national story in the era prior to. CNN and, and cable television. Yeah. It was basically a daily update of the Iran hostage crisis. Yeah. Day one, day two, day 63, yeah. and it kept going. Yeah, and as, and, and as I recall, it wasn't necessarily a full 30-minute program no. originally. It was maybe 15, 15 minutes. minutes. That's yeah. what I'm remembering. Yeah. But, again, because the Iran hostage crisis extended uh, 18 months, was not resolved until Reagan took office Yeah, uh, by design, as it happened. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, well, the release was basically timed with the inauguration. Correct. Correct. You know, as, as a final, as, as a final sticking point to Jimmy Carter. Carter. But, mm. but be, the decision was made to continue the program after the hostages were released because ABC showed that there was an audience yeah. willing to watch late-night news at 11.30 on a nightly basis. There was a late-night audience other than Johnny Carson. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned it, because we know you know a, a certain history of The Tonight Show and competitors. Yeah. And uh, we've covered uh, definitely a lot of that, but... Uh, there was, let's say, uh, competition even in the 70s uh, to go up against Johnny Carson. Uh, Jerry Lewis had a talk show uh, for a while. Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett was on ABC. Merv Griffin was on CBS. CBS. Jerry Lewis actually historically did all three shows because they were all based in New York, and none of the other ones knew about it. Going back back about 10 years earlier, we did a series with Phil Grice about Les Crane, who was the first national competition uh for 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 johnny carson on abc so yeah um, and uh yeah and then in the 80s everyone from alan thick to pat sajak to you know going on and on until you know we get more into more uh uh <laughs> but 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 again and again this this was not planned as an ongoing series they were it was it was an extension of abc news but as often happens organically it developed and you know pe- people found uh, again there's an audience for news programs so let's continue this with Ted Koppel as you know an, yeah. an, under the name Nightline yeah it became Nightline in March of 1980 
And uh, keep, this was around the time uh, of the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I, I would, I'm going to guess it's probably about, they, they changed the name about a week after the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you can see how it all comes together. Okay, well, okay, okay. so the, dis, the, the decision was made to make it a weekly, yeah. a regular program four months into the crisis. As opposed to, like, a special report. Now, yeah. did it, from March 80 up until the time of the release, was it still exclusively uh, the... Well, yeah, it was Iran-America okay. held right. hostage. Okay, so it yeah. did. It, so that, that was pretty much the main focus until the release, and then it opened yeah. up to other topics. Uh, yeah, that was, and, and that was like a big mandate. Day one, you know, you know day 150, yeah. they, that was the big deal. And I'm sure if it was slow, they would put in, uh, you know, something, cover it something else. But... Uh, it proved to be very, very successful. Yeah. Even uh, and, you know Johnny Carson would stay on with the Tonight Show for about fifteen years afterwards, and it, it was like an alternative. Well, it and was, a lot, I think a lot of uh, you know there were people who were loyal to Ted Koppel that Johnny just wasn't their thing. Yeah. Uh, CBS had, you know, all sorts of different things going on at the time. Well, at that point, by that point, CBS was doing the late night movie. Movie, which, yeah. Which, as David Letterman said, it was not a movie. It was reruns of the Rockford Files or Harry O or Mannix or, or, or crime mm-hmm. and detective shows of various types. And for a while, they called it CBS Late Night, which right. NBC had an issue uh, with that. But uh, yeah, CBS at that time period had pretty much given up. Yeah, you know after after the eleven o'clock. Well, I news. watched the CBS late night. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, um, I was fifteen years old. So. <laughs> and there were very few options. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, but I, I think there were people who uh, just would rather see you know more expanded news because you know you we we had mentioned that CNN yeah uh, would be coming out in about two years, but not everybody had cable. Right, cable was not readily. Uh, available, so this was uh, much more uh, relevant. And also, I remember uh, in the uh, early '90s during the Gulf War, and there were other events where the Tonight Show would be delayed. It would come on half an hour later right. because they wanted to do a recap of the Gulf War mm-hmm. or a recap of the Pope's visit to the states. And they and and sometimes uh, the Tonight Show pushed back. Yeah. We have this guest on, and we don't want this guest to make their appearance after midnight. Right. We want this guest to be, or the talent would say, no, we are plugging this movie. We're plugging this, you know, music album. We don't want them on after midnight. They're not an after midnight person. Yeah. You know, and so there there would be pushback uh, that they have. So, you know, people could go to ABC and get something different if they're just not in the mood. Or I'm sure... Uh, the Nielsen's will back me up. You watch the monologue, then you turn yeah. to, yeah. you know. And I am sure the way that uh, Nightline was formatted, you know, that that was factored into the sure. equation. But uh, yeah, Ted Koppel uh, did uh, the run for a long, long time up until what two thousand six, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think you're right too. Yeah, and then uh, and then they switched formats, and then it became more of a magazine. And more of a magazine show. It kind of reminded me of a a thing that NBC tried to do with uh, Tom Snyder for a while, Primetime Live. Yeah. And uh, it was hit and miss. and uh, Or Tomorrow Coast to Coast yeah. when they tried to fix something that wasn't broke. And <laughs> um, and, uh, and it just, Martin Peshear, to his credit, it just did not 
work. And I think, you know, it was going to suffer when Ted Koppel left, but the way that they changed, changed things around, it didn't work. And um, Well, the fact that I believe within, a, well, maybe one or two years, they gave Jimmy... They 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 basically they switched places between Nightline and Jimmy and Jimmy, Jimmy which, Kimmel. Yeah, and remember before Jimmy Kimmel, you had Bill Maher, which you know it was a, a comedy show, right? But it, it it focused so much on world events, and originally the intent was supposed to be basically Ted Koppel was going to be Bill Maher's opening act, right? So that they could go with what Nightline was covering, and that could be fodder for politically incorrect, which. It never quite worked out that right. way, uh, just I think because of the the timing and you know two different coasts and uh, I think you know they were uh, just uh, it just did not work you know with that type of show. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I would always uh, find uh, to his credit that if Nightline went long, Jimmy was never complaining about it, and especially the, on the subject matter. Uh, Jimmy would say, no, uh, you know, I know we're coming on late, but Nightline had something very important and we wanted to give him the time. He would never mock or belittle, you know, the, the show that came before him, which I'm sure would have been easy. Especially there, there was one whole that they just listed names of people who had uh, died in Afghanistan and Iraq. And they just wanted to have all those names broadcast. And Jimmy was very gracious when they came on. Yeah, we're on a, a half hour later because this is important. And they <laughs> moved on with the show. He's beginning <laughs> to grow on me. Yeah. he. Um, I think we're seeing, you know, because you, you had a guy who was a frat boy with the man show. I and never when cared ben for that. Times, yeah. Ben Stein's mind. And I think that's part of his persona. I was outside that But, <laughs> um, you know, as he's grown, he's matured. And, and, and uh, he's had the misfortune of, you know, He's made it a family business, which I think was very appealing between his uncle and his cousin and other relatives being part of the show, doing correspondence stuff. Uh, and then, you know, to have uh, some of these people die and then he comes back and uh, we could, you know, I think uh, he uh, endeared himself. Also, one of the uh, ushers for the show who was very uh, personal uh, died and uh, in uh, tributes and stuff like that. And I think uh, the certain sentimentality that he has... Uh, not only for the people that he works with, but also different genres, different music styles that, you know, that he likes to pay tribute to. I think people have really ingratiated themselves. And he's a really good interviewer. Time, childhoodtelephone.blogspot.com, childhoodtelephone.blogspot.com, also storyslon.com, www.storyslon.com. Donna's four-part novel series is now complete. Yes, it is. The last book, Fall Again Reunion, was published a few months ago. You'll see where the story finally ends. And to find out how the story begins and end, go to fallagainseries.com. Tony and Donna, we'll see you both next time. Next, next time. time. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at 
TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.